This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. We've made it, people. We have made it. We have reached the finish line of the 2021 NFL draft pre-draft process. Pro days are are essentially a wrap. I believe that everybody who matters, every potential fantasy asset that we could draft has already had their pro day. They've been tested. They've been probed and prodded and measured or not, but they've had their pro day and we can move on to the actual 2021 NFL draft that will take place in a matter of weeks. And if you're feeling any type of way or that similar to how I'm feeling, you can't be happier that, that this is over. This has been a long, exhausting process full of question marks and unprecedented things from a very long college football season that was long and short at the same time, if, if that makes sense. You know, I got to fix my strings. Strings are not right. Long and short, if you guys get my drift, uh, we saw players opt out. We saw players opt out, then opt in, opt in, then opt out. And then we, you know, that, that carried forward to the Senior Bowl and to Pro Day. And the most recent Pro Days that we, we, we kind of saw and that mattered for us in fantasy football were the LSU Pro Day, the Florida Pro Day, the Alabama Pro Day, you know, most notably. And at each of those Pro Days, we saw players who were going to be drafted very, very, very early in the 2021 NFL Draft. And I think the the player at the top of everybody's sort of, you know, mouths right now, um, Jamar Chase and the crazy times that were posted not just at LSU's Pro Day, but across the board. I mean, normally we have the NFL Combine, and that's sort of the level playing field for athletic measurable testing. And we didn't have that, of course. So some guys were working out at the school, some guys working out at performance facilities, um, but times were very fast. Everybody ran 4-3, You saw very few 4-5s, 4-6s. Very few of those. Every everybody was blazing. Some sites they adjust for pro day time. Some don't. Some just take it at face value. This is what these players ran. Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall both ran four three forty yard dash times. Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, 
He ran a 4-4-40 yard dash time. We did not see Najee Harris nor Devontae Smith test. Rashad Bateman ran fast. He was a 4-3-4-4 runner, uh, measured in a little bit smaller than we expected. And Jamar Chase, from a weight standpoint, measured in a little bit smaller than even I expected, especially looking at some of the the pictures that he had posted throughout this um, this process leading up to Pro Day. Um, however, you know, it, who cares, man? I mean, we saw what he was able to do on the field in 2019 amongst a team full of talented, talented pass catchers, which included Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall himself, Thaddeus Moss, Clyde edwards Lair. Jamar Chase showed that he was the most dominant wide receiver in college football. So honestly, I don't really care what he tested at. I did not expect 4-3 level of explosion. I mean, and it was backed up by his broad jump and his 40-yard dash time. So any questions about Jamar Chase and his athletic ability should be silenced. Um, you know, as well as Kyle Pitts. I know I tweeted a video out a couple of weeks ago about Kyle Pitts and, you know, it was a video of him running a 40 yard dash at four, four, six. And people said, Oh, he looks slow. He's slow footed. There's no way that's a four, six. And by golly, I mean a four, four and by golly, he comes in at the Florida pro day and runs a four, four. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. But Kyle Pitts is just an athletic freak. We knew that the, the longest or the widest wingspan ever measured period, like ever, I believe. Um, I still don't think he's the freakiest tight end prospect that we've ever seen because there was a guy by the name of Vernon Davis who was drafted out of Maryland, who was a 4-3, uh, 30-plus reps on the bench press, ridiculous three-cone times, you know, 40-yard dash, I just said 4-3, vertical jump, short shuttle, I mean, everything. He was just probably the most athletic tight end that we've ever seen was Vernon Davis. But Kyle Pitts is right there, and he's going to be a a high-end fantasy asset for us in seasonal leagues as well as dynasty leagues. I'm in a current dynasty startup now, and I believe he was the second tight end drafted. You know, I think it was Travis Kelsey and then Kyle Pitts. So, you know, there are people who have him rated very, very high. For me personally, he's my tight end four in dynasty. The only tight ends that I'd want over him are Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Darren Waller. And, you know, Darren Waller's getting up there in age, so I wouldn't even be upset if anybody put Kyle Pitts ahead of Darren Waller. But uh, back to some of these pro day times, we saw a running back out of Louisiana, Elijah Mitchell, who I've talked about a ton, go out there and absolutely crush it, running a 4-3, dropping 15 pounds from his playing weight, being explosive, being fast. For me, of all the players throughout this entire uh, draft process, he's been my biggest riser. He has risen up my board more than anybody else because I love the tape and I've been on Multiple shows, Fantasy Pros, uh, Roto Underworld, tons of shows. For months, I've been saying that Elijah Mitchell would be my version of James Robinson in this 2021 running back class, which, man, the, the class overall does not look very good. I mean, I, I think it's Najee Harris and then a major gap between Harris, ETN, Javonta Williams, Kenneth Gainwell, Elijah Mitchell, you know, Chuba Hubbard goes out there. I'm thinking he's a 4-3 guy. He runs a 4-5. Jamar Jefferson does not, you know, test extremely well. But, you know, the tape, what he did his freshman season is there. Javonta Williams didn't test exceptionally well. Travis Etienne didn't test exceptionally well. It's just, it's been a weird season of expectations and then players not meeting those expectations. And then what do you do? Well, luckily for me and for all of you listening to the show, I base like 90% of my ranking evaluations on what I see on film. 
uh, tape. I just trust the game. I, I trust what I see on tape. I trust what I see on film. So thankfully, a lot of the testing numbers really don't matter. I like to see them for confirmation. Like, oh, I told you he's fast. Yeah, now he proved it. Or I told you he was athletic and, and agile and he went out there and had a extremely fast short shuttle time. So I use a lot of that to sort of shore up what I saw on film. I'm more concerned with like size, right? How how big is that running back? Did Kenneth was Kenneth Gainwell able to gain such and such weight, you know, pounds? Was, you know, did Ramondre Stevenson actually come in at 247 pounds or did he drop weight? Like I, I like to see those things. Rondell Moore, how tall is he actually? Is he five nine? We found out he was five seven. You know, we're seeing that across the board. Rashad Bateman, we thought he was 210, 215. He comes in at 190 and says he's never weighed over 200 pounds in his playing career. So why he was listed like that at Minnesota, I have no clue. But this is this is where you just have to trust what you saw. And I think that's what's going to happen when the NFL draft takes place is these, these coaches, these GMs are going to really rely heavily on their scouting departments on what they feel are going to be talented players, the players that are going to help them win football games. And I really want to clarify and break down a key distinction that I think a lot of fantasy gamers are missing. A lot of fantasy gamers, especially when it comes to what the San Francisco 49ers traded to move up to number three, I think you all, a lot of people are missing the point. A lot of people are missing the point. And let me, let me explain this the the best way that I can, at least how it makes sense to me. So we all know for all intents and purposes that the Jaguars are going to draft Trevor Lawrence and the New York Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. I think that's a personal mistake, but I'm not in the front office. If I'm sitting at two, Penny Sewell would be my selection. I'm not letting that left tackle pass me. Um, I'll do, they've got multiple draft picks. I would try to trade up and grab another quarterback, but I'm not passing on Sewell. Sewell and Makai Becton, that's a hell of a bookends for your tackles for the foreseeable future. You know, you can start Sewell at right tackle or you can put him at right, put him at left tackle and move Becton over to right tackle. Either way, shore up that offensive front, give Sam Darnold some weapons. They brought in Corey Davis, you know, draft him some weapons, give him a chance. That That's just what I would do. But Neither here nor there. Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Zach Wilson to the New York Jets. Now, the San Francisco 49ers sit at pick three, and they traded up from 12 to three and gave up significant draft capital to move up. You don't make that move unless you're taking a quarterback. So we don't even have to debate. They're not going wide receiver. They're not going, there's no Chase Young in this class. There's no, they're, they're taking a quarterback. Now, Two sides of this coin. You have the 49ers fandom who wants Justin Fields or Trey Lance or, you know, one of these Kunami code quarterbacks. This is what they want. The, the fans, they want to see Justin Fields in a 49ers uniform. And that very well may happen, but there has been like zero smoke outside of some pictures of Kyle Shanahan Working with Justin Fields at a passing camp, there, there's been like zero smoke around Justin Fields to San Francisco. So for me, in the way that I view it, there's a ton of smoke around Mac Jones and, a, and some smoke around Trey Lance. I think it's going to be one of those two quarterbacks. Now, 
for most, they would prefer to see Trey Lance under center for the San Francisco 49ers. And I asked myself, why? Why are people so enamored with an FCS quarterback who played one season of FCS college football opposed to a national champion quarterback who produced when the potential greatest quarterback in Alabama history went down, produced in that season. Then he comes back in his junior season when he wasn't even supposed to start, right? Bryce Young was going to take over. Mac Jones wasn't going to get to play. Not only does he play, he plays a perfect season, like Joe Burrow-esque type season in, in, in fewer games. Absolutely destroys college football, sets the NCAA completion percentage record and the um, the QBR record held by Joe Burrow and, and completion percentage, I believe, was Colt McCoy back in 2008. So Mac Jones breaks those records, throws for 40 touchdowns, 4,500 yards, little interceptions, like four or five interceptions, if that. Um, but they don't even want Mac Jones, right? No, give me Trey Lance, give me Trey Lance. And I sit back and ask myself, well, why is that? And one, it's this idea that mobile quarterbacks are the new wave of the NFL. If you can't run, you can't play quarterback. That all sounds fine and dandy until the season starts, until your team gets in a situation where you need your quarterback to make a throw and it doesn't happen. We saw that this past year when Lamar Jackson threw that pick six versus Buffalo. I mean, the the buzzards came out of the woods to just eviscerate Lamar Jackson and how poor he throws the ball. Jalen Hurts starts four games, four games as a backup rookie quarterback, right? Wasn't even supposed to play. Second round pick, Carson Wentz gets benched last four games. Here comes Jalen Hurts. Had some great moments, had some rookie moments. But Eagles fans were ready to th- cast him off, get him out of the paint before the before next season starts. Josh Allen, prior to this past season, sucked. Josh Allen stinks, completion percentage, yuck, get us a quarterback that can throw the ball. You've got some outliers. Deshaun Watson, pretty good, uh, running the ball and one of the best passers in the NFL. And we ain't going to dive into the Deshaun Watson saga today. We're just talking about him as a quarterback. Then you have Russell Wilson, who, you know, is a good scrambling quarterback. Patrick Mahomes can scramble. But by and large, the overwhelming thought that the only quarterbacks that can be successful are mobile quarterbacks or rushing. Let's let's say that because there's a difference between being mobile and there's a difference between being a rushing quarterback, a rushing type quarterback. Which Trey Lance is. He's 6'4, 225. He's got a, a cannon attached to a shoulder. He can make all the throws. I love Trey Lance. He's he's rated very, very highly for me in my 2021 quarterback rankings on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas. But that's not the only way that you can win, man. That's not the only way that you can win in fantasy or in the NFL. And let me assure you, this, this should be common sense 101. NFL franchises aren't playing fucking fantasy football, all right? They're trying to win. They need someone that's going to be able to deliver the ball when necessary, two-minute offense, drive the ball down the field, make accurate throws, push the ball downfield, and Mac Jones can do that. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, 
you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Mac Jones can do that. You may not want to admit it. You may want to close your eyes and you don't like the, the, the physical physique of Mac Jones. You don't like the fact that he wasn't a five-star prospect. You don't like the fact that you just want somebody else. Mac Jones can be. He has the potential to be a very, very good NFL quarterback. Is his fantasy ceiling capped because he can't run the ball for 800 yards a season, for 600 yards a season, sure. Yes, I'm not going to debate that. When you have a quarterback who's locked in at least 400 yards, you know, that's a big advantage. That's a big advantage. But most of us who participate in super flex leagues, 12-team leagues, 14-team leagues, how many of those guys are around? You know, how many of those guys give you that type of rushing upside week in and week out? got Lamar, you got Kyler. You know, we didn't see Justin Herbert run around a lot, but we know he can. Joe Burrow probably doesn't need to run around a lot. You got, you know, Deshaun Watson and Hurts, Josh Allen, you know, and I'm just off the top of my head, Russell Wilson. You know, you don't, you don't, that's eight guys, all right? There's plenty of quarterbacks who stand and deliver from the pocket that are valuable fantasy assets. And regardless of how you personally feel about a player, I'll just say this. The NFL's opinion of a player is worth more than every single fantasy analyst on Twitter, on YouTube, on podcasts combined. If Mac Jones is selected at number three to San Francisco and you pass on him because you didn't like the pick, because you wouldn't have done it, because you would have taken Trey Lance, because you would have taken Justin Fields, it doesn't fucking matter what you think. Just like The Rock says, it doesn't matter. All that matters is what the NFL thinks of these players. And that just doesn't go for the quarterback position. That goes for wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. If you choose to pass, then that's fine. But if Mac Jones is drafted number three overall to San Francisco, you better bet your bottom dollar he's going to get every opportunity to be the guy and to be successful, and that they're going to do things around him to surround him with pieces to be successful, to thrive, to operate that offense efficiently. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. So stop sitting. I just see so much bad analysis centered around what you would do. Well, you know what? 
why don't you go apply for the job in San Francisco to be the GM, and then once you become the GM, you can draft whoever you want. But until then, until that happens, fading Mac Jones because you didn't like what the San Francisco 49ers gave up to acquire that pick because you don't think they should have traded up to number three for Mac Jones. If they trade up to three for Mac Jones or Trey Lance or whomever it is, it's because they believe that we have to get this guy here or else we may not get him. We, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what the hell is going on behind closed doors. I am just reacting to the information that we have, not some conspiracy theorist on Twitter who has no, has as little clue as I do about why they did or did not make a move. If Jones is drafted to San Francisco, this is what's going to happen. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and whoever hell else they bring in stock up for those players. Because unlike a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, you're not, you don't have to worry about your quarterback taking 100 carries a season away from a running back or in passing situations scrambling and pulling targets away from your wide receivers. If anything, you should be excited if you are a manager that has Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and potentially these running backs, whichever running backs are there, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon, you should be happy because you've got a quarterback who's not going to run the ball, who's going to stand and deliver the ball accurately and work within the confines of the offense to produce. And let's he's a good quarterback. He may not have the ceiling of a Zach Wilson. He may not have the ceiling of a Trey Lance. He may not have a ceiling of a Justin Fields. But I'm so sick of seeing people talk about what they wouldn't have given up. It doesn't matter what you would have done. Are you playing the game or are you not playing the game? If you don't want to draft Mac Jones, and I'm not even telling you if they take him at the three spot, you need to take Mac Jones in the top five. I'm not saying that. I just said he should be a first-round pick in super flex leagues. And if I'm sitting at the 110 spot, and, and if I'm being real with you, the only skill position players that I am just 100% locked and loaded, sold on, the only ones are Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Kyle Pitts. That's it. Those are the four skill position players I'm like, no matter what, I don't care where they go, Have uh, don't care. Drafting them. Want them. Four great ones. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I'm at seven. So if I'm sitting at the 108, 109, and Mac Jones is there and I need a quarterback, I have no problem pulling the trigger. Because I'm not 100% confident that Javonta Williams is going to be some long-term starter. I've got my questions on ETN. Rondell Moore, I love him. He's 5'7". I want to know where he lands, how they're going to use him. Love Waddle and Bateman and, and, and Kenneth Gainwell. You know, if, if anything, I have a little more conviction in Kenny Gainwell than I do Williams and ETN because I know at worst-case scenario, Kenny Gainwell can just be James White. He's the best receiving back in this class. He could just be James White at worst. So this is this is my last gasp effort to try to not even convince anybody. Just have you think about it in a different light. Stop talking about what you would do if you were the organization. 
I mean, you can talk about it, but stop giving advice based on what you would have done because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If I'm the Bengals and Penny Sewell is sitting there at five, I'm taking him. I'm not drafting Jamar Chase. I'm not. But if they do that, I'm not going to not draft Jamar Chase just because I would have taken Penny Sewell. That just sounds, it's ridiculous logic. And again, before you come commenting, and, and I understand how good rushing quarterbacks can help you win in fantasy. I understand that. There is data that backs that up. If you can run the ball 50-something yards a game and throw for two, 300 yards, you're going to score more. Like, I get it. But in super flex formats, in two QB leagues, that's the majority of dynasty league setups. Those QB2s matter. Those QB3s matter. You need those guys. And a player like Jones, if he gets that draft capital, he's not falling outside the top 15 at worst. And I'm being conservative. That's the Patriots. He's got to get past the Panthers. He's got to get past the Broncos. He's got to get past the Lions, Falcons. I mean, yeah, I just don't see, I don't see him falling that far or a team trades up for him. And to that note, the, the counter, the add, add to this, I had to, I have to heed to that same advice that I'm giving out. I saw a mock draft and I apologize. Whoever, if I could even, re- I'm going to find it and retweet it and say, I'm sorry, because CBS had a mock draft that came out. January, December, it's like right after the college season, right right before the playoffs, right after the NFL playoffs. But it had Kellen Mond, quarterback out of Texas A&M, being, being drafted, mocked to the New Orleans Saints at like pick 28. So it had to be had to be after the NFL season. And I like retweeted it, talked shit, said it was trash. Are you kidding me? And as time has gone on, more and more smoke about Kellen Mond and Davis Mills and Kyle Trask being dark horse day one guys at the back half of the first team trading back up like Baltimore did a couple of years ago to get the fifth year option on the quarterback. There's more and more smoke around that happening. And if Kellen Mond is drafted in the first round or on day two, round two pick, I will I will be leaving rookie drafts with Kellen Mond. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback, but if he gets the draft capital, he's probably going to get an opportunity. And at that point, that's where the value is. Do you flip the player? Do you hold him? That's your choice, your prerogative. But I remember a couple of years ago, Daniel Jones, people not liking that the Giants drafted Daniel Jones top five. People not liking it. People not liking the Bears drafting Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Big mistake. But the point is, and Daniel Jones still needs to prove himself. But because of that, Daniel Jones in my home dynasty league fell to the third round. I think he was picked like 302. Saw Mitch Trubisky falling late second. In super flex leagues, you gobble as at the moment you draft Daniel Jones in the third round of a super flex league, you won. You've already yielded return on that investment. And if you have a starting quarterback, at some point you're going you're gonna to flip him. 
going to trade a starting quarterback. So those people who had Daniel Jones drafted him at cost, at value, traded him for whatever. I don't, I'd love to hear some of the things that you got for Daniel Jones because going into last season, not this past season, but the season before, people were extremely bullish on Daniel Jones because he can move, he's mobile, and he can throw. So, I mean, you, you may have parlayed that into a first in 2020. You may have parlayed that into multiple future firsts or a young ascending player. If Kellen Mond gets the draft capital, you draft him at cost because people won't like him. They'll make this mistake that I'm trying to tell you not to make. And oh, I don't I don't like Kellen Mond. I don't think New I thought New Orleans should have went Kadarius Tony and they went Kellen Mond. Yuck, I'm not taking him. You take Kellen Mond mid-second, late second over some rant Trey Sermon over uh Dwayne Eskridge over Sage Surratt or some random ass player. Like that's a quarterback in Superflex. You've won. You've won. And the moment he steps on the field and you trade him for a first in 2023 for multiple picks for young players, you've won. That's dynasty, man. That's dynasty. Stop letting your what you think your GM hat affect value. Because that's the name of the game. If you want to scout and just pick the best players and you want your team to get all the players you like, go do that. Don't play Don't play dynasty fantasy football. Go do that. Don't play dynasty because you're not playing dynasty. Anybody with half a brain, Mac Jones in San Francisco, good for the pass catchers, probably good for Mac Jones. And I'm not even here saying he's going to be some GOAT player. I don't think he is. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a solid starting quarterback in the NFL. That's that's what I think. If he turns in to be really, really good, that will shock me and, and surpass my expectations. And I will even admit and say, I didn't think he'd be that good. Just observations that I've seen. The name of the game is scoring points, extracting value at cost with these players. Do that, man. Stop, stop worrying about this, this what I would have done Shit, because you know what, folks, again, as the philosopher Dwayne Johnson himself says, it doesn't matter what you think. That's it, man. Make sure y'all subscribe to the channel. We'll be back this week. Consistent content. Brand new show dropping on the station tomorrow. Brand new. The Black Box Show. Super, super excited about this project. Me and my partner, Jordan Richards, have been working on this for months, just sort of talking about what we want this show to be. And I, I just want to let everybody know right now, it is not a fantasy football show. It is a sports show, life, culture, more sports, talking goats, talking top five, talking things that are happen, happening in this industry, in this community, in this culture. It's a dope show, man. A dope show. So I, I hope you all check it out. I hope you like it. I think you will. Uh, it's a dope vibe, a dope flow, a dope feel to it. And uh, just a little something to take your mind off of fantasy every now and then, you know, just some real life shit. We're real people, man. Like I, I go through a struggle with creating content, with life, with balancing this and families and Jordan struggles in his life, relationships mentally, like we all have it, man. And we just want to find a way to connect with the people and give you something 
like a breath of fresh air from this echo chamber of Devonta Smith versus Jamar Chase or Mac Jones at three. Like, let's let's talk about some other stuff inside the culture uh, that I think will be very entertaining. So make sure you check out the Black Box Show. Follow Black Box Show on Twitter. Make sure you're locked into the station. And if you want exclusive content to me, the best damn Debbie community on planet Earth, patreon.com forward slash all gas is where it's at, baby. But we'll see you back later this week with more content. We added this thing. Peace. Thank you.